Okay, welcome to the Believer's School of Ministry. This is our fourth session. It's called Receiving Power to Change the World. Receiving the Power of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you a question. How many of you could use more power in your life? Are you satisfied with the amount of power you have now or could you use some more? More. 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 It reminds me of that commercial of the little girl and the AT&T commercial. She says, we want more. We want more. Well, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Could someone read that for us? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we've been talking about in our school here uh, about being witnesses and and ministering. And we've had, by the way, I thought this has been a really great class here. Um, I've just been blessed by you guys participating. And and I just sense the Spirit is working. So I am expecting to see some results, you know, in the community. I believe that God's work is going to expand because of this. And, you know, the, the purpose of this is not just to have a class and learn, but also for you to take what you've learned and share with others. That's one, one, why, one reason we have all these notes, because actually anybody that takes this class could take this, these notes and teach someone else the same thing. You know, it's, uh, it's all there. It's all laid out. All you've got to do is study and meditate it, and you could teach it. You could teach it in a Sunday school class or a Bible study or, or wherever. And let's just have this expand because these teachings, they're needed. This, this type of teaching is needed. Praise God. So uh, I just commission you <laughs> to carry forth this, this work and this teaching in Jesus' name. All right? He said, you shall receive power when? After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. We need power to be witnesses. Even in our last practical session, as we talked about how do you deal with this situation, this person, it really kind of came down to, well, we need the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We need to see what's the key to that person's heart. Well, if the Holy Spirit lives in us, He's able to show us what that need is and how best to minister to that person. Amen. And besides that, there's gifts of the Holy Spirit that God will use. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not just so we can prophesy in church. It's so we can reach the world. These gifts are to reach people and help people. You know, the word of knowledge uh, is, is a supernatural gift. Many times when you share the word of knowledge with someone, they're just amazed that you know that. How did you know that? Are you psychic? You say, no, I'm not psychic. I have the Holy Spirit in me. Jesus lives in me. And he showed me what the problem is. And then the word of wisdom, you know, that you can give them wisdom. You can give them uh, instruction how to overcome a problem. These gifts are really supernatural and really can bring blessing to humanity. You see Jesus using the gifts of the Spirit to bless people in his ministry, and he wants us to carry on that same ministry. And he said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go unto the Father. So when he went to the Father, he poured out the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is really the key to us having a more effective ministry. 
Can I have an amen? Amen. And so you shall be witnesses or proof producers. Where? Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, Gary, Twin Valley. Where do you live, Richard? Where? Gerhardt. Gerhardt? Is that a town? Yeah, 150 people. <laughs> All right. Gerhardt needs Jesus. Gerhardt. 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 And if you'll notice in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, can someone read that for us? 4 and 5. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, isn't this interesting? We've, we've read all these scriptures where Jesus said, go into all the world, go make disciples. You know, uh, repentance and remission of sins should be preached in all the world. He's always telling them to go, right? Here he says, Wait. Which is it? Do we go or we wait? <laughs> Isn't that kind of interesting? He's given them this great commission. Go, 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 go. And here he says, wait. <laughs> Why? Wait for the promise. You know, it's like, it's like sending an army out to face the enemy without giving them a rifle without giving them the equipment that they need. Jesus wanted his disciples to be equipped with the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, one thing about it too, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, you can't hardly stop talking about Jesus. When he's bubbling up out of you, you're just excited, amen, to share what the Lord has done in your life. That's what being a witness is. See, we need that impetus of the Holy Spirit. We need that flow of life from the Holy Spirit coming out of us to reach people. Amen. And there is an impartation of life by the Holy Spirit. You know, you can actually just stand next to somebody and release the Holy Spirit upon them quietly. You can be in an elevator. Stand, I don't know how many elevators there are in this part of the world, but wherever you are, you know, you can release the anointing. Peter had that anointing on him so that he walked down the street. The lame got up and walked. Amen. That's the presence of God. We're to carry that presence. They said that Smith Wigglesworth carried that kind of presence. That sometimes he'd get on a, on a um, bus or get near people and they go, Oh, your presence convicts me. The Holy Spirit that he carried. And others, you know, have had that same testimony. And we have that same testimony too. Because the Holy Spirit lives in us. And greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Can I have an amen? Amen. Paul made the statement that he ministered not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the power and demonstration of the Spirit. I want to encourage you to lean upon the Holy Spirit in your ministry, in witnessing, to let him guide the conversations that you're in. And when you're doing music or when you're preaching the same way, let the Holy Spirit lean upon him. Lean back in the arms of the Lord and let him guide you and lead you and you'll see fruitfulness in your life and ministry. So let's learn something about the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Holy Spirit 
is a person. He's not just an it. He's not just an influence. But he is a person. A person. Number one, he is God. There's many scriptures there that uh, indicate that he is God. He is the spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father. Uh, John 16, 8 through 11 says that he convicts the world of sin. It's one of the operations of the Holy Spirit is to convict people of their sins. And by the way, sometimes he does it through us. Sometimes the words that we speak will bring conviction of sin. You know, we had, in our practical time, we had this careless sinner here. <laughs> well, see? Comes back to bite me. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the Holy Spirit can bring that conviction that, oh, I need Jesus. You know? There's so much power in the Holy Spirit. When God reveals himself, there's so much power. Learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Learn to realize that he's working. He's working in the hearts of the people that you're speaking to. He's working through you. He's giving you the words to speak. He's giving you love. You know, the Bible said that the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by what? By the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit brings the love of God into our hearts, lets us know that we're loved of God, and then that love wants to flow out to others. And that is powerful in witnessing. All right, he's a comforter. This is the amplified version. John 14, 16 says he's the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor. Hallelujah. I love the anointed prayers like we heard just a minute ago. That's bless us my soul, you know, because that's what we need intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. Hallelujah. He's standing by to help you. Hallelujah. You're not alone when the Holy Spirit is in your life. Can I have an amen? Amen. All right. John 16, 13 says he guides us into all truth. The things that we wonder about, the Holy Spirit has the answer. The things that we need to know from the Word, he'll lead us and guide us in the Word to teach us those things. He helps us to overcome our weaknesses. How many could use some of that? And he helps us to live the Christian life. Romans 8, 26. And by the way, I didn't mention at the beginning, for those that may be watching uh, by video, these study notes are available on our website at tomshanklin.org. You can go on there and get them, and you're going to get a lot more out of the teaching if you have the study notes, because we're not able to look up all the scriptures and read them. So um, check that out, and then get back and listen to this video, and it'll bless your life. He takes Jesus' place in our lives. I I wondered if I really wanted to say it exactly that way, but uh, what I'm talking about there is that Jesus said, I'll send you another comforter. Remember, Jesus was going away. He says, but I'm not going to leave you alone. You're not going to be orphans because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So just as Jesus was with the disciples, that was God in the flesh with them, he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us and actually to live in us so we wouldn't be alone. He brings the Father and Son to us and speaks their words. John 14, 15 through 26, you can read about that. 
He imparts the knowledge of our salvation. That's one of the greatest aspects of the Holy Spirit. He lets us know that we're children of God. You can read about that in, uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, and Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. It talks about how the Holy Spirit, when we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes into our heart crying, Abba, Father. So we begin to recognize our Daddy, Daddy God. That the Holy Spirit makes us realize that we are children of God. Uh, Romans 5.5, 5, he imparts God's love. As we said, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Another thing about the Holy Spirit, by the way, we use Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit interchangeably. King James says Holy Ghost. Um, most other translations say Holy Spirit. Ghost is a word that was used for spirit in the time the King James was written. I like to say Holy Ghost. I think it's nice. But he's the Holy Spirit. The Greek, it's the pneuma, the breath of God. You know, it's God in action, the life of God here on earth with us. Hallelujah. God the Father is seated in heaven on the throne. Amen. Jesus is on the right hand of the throne of God. But the Holy Spirit is here with us. Hallelujah. So God is with us still. Amen. Another thing about him, he is sensitive and easily grieved. You know, I heard someone say this, and it, it stuck with me. Uh, and a lot of times that means God's teaching me something. When, something. when you hear something and it sticks with you, he said, you know, if you want to grow in the Lord, avoid grieving the Holy Spirit. Amen. You want to grow in the Lord, avoid grieving the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. When you begin to do something that's, that God doesn't like, <laughs> you get an uncomfortable sense inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit. You know, taking a little sandpaper in there. That's because he doesn't he gets grieved if we, you know, if we're using coarse language or if we're criticizing people behind their backs or if we're not walking in love. Those are the things that he's most grieved by is when we're not walking in love. The Holy Spirit leads us into a walk of love. Amen. And purity. So, don't grieve the Holy Spirit and you'll grow in the Lord. And he, de- he desires communion. Koinonia in the Greek. That means fellowship. Association. We've talked about fellowship among uh, ourselves, among believers. That's coming together. The Holy Spirit wants to come together and fellowship and associate with you. Isn't that wonderful? God wants to live in you. <laughs> and fellowship with you. So koinonia means fellowship, association, community, joint participation, intimacy with you. Some of the people that have done the greatest exploits are those that learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Catherine Kuhlman was an imperfect person. We could list her failures in life, but you know what? She learned to depend on the Holy Spirit And God used her in many miracles and signs, and plus many people came to the Lord through her ministry. She was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Okay, now, next page. There are levels to what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. 
I want someone uh, who could look up John fourteen, uh, John four fourteen for us. Lou, you want to get that one? And then John seven thirty seven through thirty eight. Kathy, can you get that one? The first scripture here, Jesus said, "The water that I give him will be in us a well." John four fourteen. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Okay, so water is a type of the Holy Spirit. We're going to see that when we read uh, John 7, that it specifically says he was speaking of the Spirit when he talks about water. So in salvation, he says... Remember the woman at the, at the well, he says, hey, if you knew who you were talking to, if you knew that I was the Messiah, right, you would ask me and I would give you a well inside of you that would spring up to everlasting life. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in salvation comes into us and is a well of life. Life comes into us. We have the life of God. Through Jesus Christ. Okay? So that's how many can see that's a level of the working of salvation in our lives. Okay? Or the, the level of the working of the Holy Spirit is what I meant to say there. All right, let's read John 7, 37 and 38. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. So here's Jesus in the day of the feast, and he cries out, If anybody's thirsty, come to me and drink. Amen. He, he's imploring us to drink deeply of this water of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. What a privilege it is in our prayer and communion with God to drink of the Holy Spirit. When I get up in the morning, one of the first things I do is drink of the Holy Spirit. First I wake up. <laughs> but I like to spend time in the morning drinking of the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit and worshiping God and loving the Lord, lifting my hands and singing songs of praise. You know, I don't have to wait to come to church to have that experience. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank God for the experience we have in church coming together, but we can have that every day of our lives. Come to me and drink, he says. And then he says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now here again, we're talking about water. H2O. Alright? So what's the difference in of the substance that's in a well and the substance that's in a river. It's both H2O, right? It's both water. Amen. I mean, rivers might be polluted, but wells can be too. But the point is, it's H2O either way. It's the same Holy Spirit, right? But there's a difference, how many know, between a well and a river. And what is the difference? One flows, one runs, okay. And source, okay. But I'm kind of looking for something else here. 
One's moving. One's moving. Okay, but even a well springs up, it moves too. But there's a difference in quantity. Amen? There's a difference in power. Okay, a well may supply your farm. Okay, it may even supply a small town. But a river, that can, that can supply irrigation for a region. Amen? It can supply hydroelectric power. There's much greater power in a river than there is in a well. Same Holy Spirit, but He's flowing in a greater dimension. And God wants us to have a river flowing in our life. Yeah, thank God for the well. You have a well, you're saved because it's everlasting life is flowing up. The Holy Spirit's bringing the life of God in you. Amen. But the river, amen, enables you to minister to others. Amen. You know, when you're, Richard, when you're ministering in music, think of that, of the Holy Spirit just flowing out like a river to the people that you're singing to. Picture that when you're preaching. The Holy Spirit flowing like a river. When you're witnessing, think of it. The Holy Spirit is flowing out like a river to those. And when you're standing next to somebody that needs Jesus, mm-hmm. let the river flow. Amen? I No doubt that's what Peter was doing when he was you know, walking down the street and people were getting, out of, getting off of stretchers. The river was flowing. Amen? Thank God for a river because a river can accomplish more than a well. Thank God for a well, but God wants us to have more. Amen? More, more. I want more. (laughs) I want more of Jesus in my life. Praise God. All right? And then Ephesians uh, 5.18, as I mentioned there, it says, Be filled with the Spirit speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. They tell us from uh, those that know more about the Greek than I do that the, that the verb there means be continually being filled or be being filled. He says be filled is how we read it in English, but it really means be being filled. Be continuously being filled. Drink deeply daily. That's how I read it. And how do you do it? By speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. When you worship God, you fill up with the Holy Spirit. You turn aside from the things of the natural world and you just worship God. You just praise and honor the living God. You just sing praises and spiritual songs to Him. You know, a spiritual song is a song of the Spirit, worshiping God in spirit and in truth. And just let your spirit flow out in unknown languages, uh, in prayer and praise and thanksgiving. You know, when they spoke in other unknown languages in uh, the book of Acts in chapter 2, and people heard them speaking in their own language, because they were actually speaking known languages. You know, sometimes we speak known languages, sometimes we may speak heavenly languages, but they were speaking known languages that the people in Jerusalem heard them speaking. 
And it said they heard them praising and magnifying God. That's a lot of what we're doing when we praise with the Spirit. We're magnifying God. We may not understand it with our natural mind, but our spirit is jumping up and down and rejoicing in God. And that's what's flowing out at that time. And that's how we're filled with the Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing in our own language too, and singing in the Spirit. But we we are filled with the Spirit. Also, as I mentioned in Acts 4, uh, 31, they were filled again. Sometimes we look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a one-time event. I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in 1977. Yeah, but it's not about a one-time event. It's about a continual experience. You know, a river doesn't just happen one day and then stop. It flows continually. And that's what, that's what this area needs. We need a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit up here. Amen? We need the mighty river of God just to flow in God's people. We need to pray that the church will just be filled with the glory of God and the presence of God. And we will be so filled that we can't contain what we have. And that when we go out into the community, people are going to be touched by what we say and what we do and how we pray for people. And miracles are going to take place. None of us can do any miracles on our own. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do the same things that Jesus did because it's the same Spirit that was in Him. We're talking about power to change the world. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The devil fights against this so much. But we need it. Praise God. It'll change us and it'll change the world. Praise God. All right. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to help us minister. I, say, I think I said more, more next week, but I won't be here next week, so scratch that. But sometime we want to do a teaching on just focusing on the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Do a seminar on it. I think it'd be good. <clears throat> All right? And we can classify the gifts of the Holy Spirit in three different types. There's what we call the gifts of utterance, which would be tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Okay? And uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues is kind of the equivalent of prophecy. Prophecy is just receiving the inspiration to speak a word from God directly. Tongues and interpretation is you receive a message in tongues and then you interpret it and the result is the same, except sometimes there's a greater blessing because you know how supernatural it is, the supernatural impartation of you know, tongues and interpretation of tongues. And by the way, I, I think we have a, the teaching in here about the difference between... To, yes, so I'll hold off on talking about devotional tongues versus ministry tongues. We'll get to that in a minute. All right, then there's gifts of revelation. There's three of them mentioned there. In, uh, we're talking about 1 Corinthians 12, 7 through 11 here. Uh, gifts of utterance. Then there's gifts of revelation. Uh, word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. And discerning of spirits. Word of knowledge is supernatural knowledge about something that you wouldn't know about in yourself. Now, people have tried to sort of naturalize these gifts. Well, the word of knowledge, you get that by going to the university and 
the word of wisdom, you know, it's by the experience of life. And gifts of healing, that's the doctors have that. No, that's, that's not... You know, thank God for the doctors. We're not talking about against doctors, but that's not what these gifts of the Spirit are. Gifts of the Spirit are supernatural. Uh, gifts of the Spirit that uh, unlearned fishermen could do. Because the Holy Spirit provides these things through a yielded vessel. The word of knowledge is when you know something in a situation or about a person that you could not know in your natural self. Okay? Uh, for example, you might have a revelation about a need in their life. You know, something that's going on in their life. We've talked about that with witnessing, how when you share, you know, like I'd ask that one person, you know, on the airplane, okay, how's your family doing? Because the Lord has shown me that's the key to their heart. There's something going on in their family. That's a word of knowledge. That's knowledge that God has that he imparts to us to help us in ministry. It can be a word of knowledge about a sickness. God could show you a sickness or something that's going on that's behind the scenes. You have no knowledge of it in the natural, but supernaturally it's revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. And then a word of wisdom pertains to the future or the plans and purposes of God. It may be an answer to a problem. So sometimes you'll have word of knowledge and word of wisdom working together. The Lord will show you what a problem is in someone's life, and he'll give you a word of wisdom how they can get out of it. Okay? That's supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit to help people and minister to them. And you can do that. You don't have to be super Christian to operate in these things. All you have to do is believe. And the Holy Spirit will help you to do these things supernaturally, and it will bring glory to Him. Amen? The, the gifts of the Holy Spirit always bring glory to Jesus Christ. If, they, if they're not bringing glory to Jesus Christ, then they're misused. Okay? Then there's the discerning of spirits, that God can show you the spirit behind a person or a thing, situation. What's going on? You can discern whether it's a spirit of God working or the spirit of the devil. Or it can also be discerning the operation of angels. One time I was in a place and I went to this place for the first time. I hadn't been there in a long time. And I said, hey, you got angels all around here. I didn't see any angels in my eyes, but I just knew they were there. Really, it was probably not discerning of spirits. It was word of knowledge. I just knew that they were there. Discerning actually means to see. So I'm not sure the difference. These are very... These sort of blend together, too. But they're all... These, are, these three are revelation gifts, okay? So it's, some, it's, it's something... It's a gift that reveals something. It reveals knowledge. How many think in situations when you're ministering to people, it would be good to have the discerning of spirits? If you're a pastor in a church, it's good to have the discerning of spirits. Amen. So these are really um, important gifts. And then there's the power gifts which are the gifts of healing. And that's supernatural uh, impartation of healing through the laying on of hands and uh, miracle working of God for healing. Then, the, then there's the working of miracles, which may be pertaining to healing or it may be something else. Uh, <clears throat> I would say that the raising of dead, the dead involves a working of miracles. Uh, multiplying food would be a working of miracles. We've heard many modern-day testimonies of God multiplying food. 
We also heard many testimonies of people being raised from the dead. I had the opportunity to meet a woman who was raised from the dead when I was in India. I've never had that happen in my ministry, but I know God wants it to happen. He wants us to raise the dead. He told his disciples, go, raise the dead. (laughs) And uh, we raise people from the dead spiritually when we bring them to Christ. God also wants to actually physically raise the dead through us. That working of miracles and uh, and the gift of faith, um, that supernatural faith. I think uh, Daniel must have had the gift of faith when they threw him in the lion's den and he spent the night there with the lions. That would be a gift of faith that he was able to believe for safety through the night. Okay, now, <clears throat> the early church was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The scriptures uh, speak of three foundational baptisms. And we talked about this in the last session and uh, in the foundation series about the baptism into the body of Christ. Baptism or immersion into water, identifying with Christ. And then baptism into the Holy Spirit. Now, when when the disciples received... The Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, they had already received the Holy Spirit. If you go back to John chapter 20, we won't take the time to do there, but study it in your own time. Jesus breathed upon them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Didn't he? On the day of Pentecost... They were baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. So you see there's a difference there between receiving the Holy Spirit in salvation and receiving the actual baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's other places in the scriptures we see the same thing. Uh, they had already received the Holy Spirit. In John 20, 22, Jesus breathed upon them, said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. How many know that the Holy Spirit was given then, if Jesus said so? And yet in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, he says, Wait for the promise of the Spirit. So you see, many people say, Well, when you're saved, you get the Holy Spirit, and that's all there is to it. But yet the Scripture says, Jesus said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Then he says, Wait for the promise of the Father. What? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses. Amen. So it's one thing to have a well. It's another thing to have a river. Amen. In other words, wait till this comes and then you will have power to be my witnesses. A river will flow out of you to change this world. (laughs) Hallelujah. And you know, it's interesting. We see in the world today where people have received this baptism of the Holy Spirit, people are getting saved by the multitudes. You know, in the United States, we we argue about the Holy Spirit. We debate the Holy Spirit. But in these other countries, they just receive the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, I want everything He has for me. They're not hung up on theology and people, man's ideas. They just want all the power of God that they can get. And they receive the power of the Holy Spirit and then they go out. And whole villages are changed. I have a friend that's a missionary. And he's been working in India and Nepal. And I worked with him on my last trip there. Ray and, Ray and Wilma Phipps. Just precious saints of the Lord. But they go and they have classes like what we're having here. 
and they call him call him doing what Jesus did classes. And they teach ordinary people. Sometimes they're not even saved at the time they first come to the class, but they come and they're instructed about doing what Jesus did and getting sharing their testimonies and and uh, praying for the sick and and they talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they train these ordinary believers. And you know what? They go back to their villages and sometimes whole villages come to the Lord. People get healed and miracles take place and people say, I want this Jesus in my life. Maybe they were bound up in Hinduism or some other thing, you know. But God reveals himself. Jesus reveals himself through these people. And all whole villages come to the Lord and churches spring up just like crazy. They believe over 10,000 churches have sprung up as a result of their classes. Praise God. That's one reason we're doing these classes. Because I, I saw that and I thought, well, that's what we need. But the idea hasn't really caught on in America because we're so busy being Americans. <laughs> you know, you know what being an American is? It's, it's you know, playing darts. I mean, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're, we're distracted by TV and the Internet. And, oh, you know, everybody's so busy, they don't really have time to... To focus in on spiritual things, you know. But I still believe God's going to move in America. I don't think he's done with us yet. Amen? And so that's one reason we're, we're doing the same thing here. Teaching believers to do the works of Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, now, the Holy Spirit came upon them in power. Uh, let's go to Acts 2. And can someone read verses 1 through 4 there? So we see several things here. First of all, they were waiting on the Lord in prayer and in unity. There's a lot of power when we come together. Amen. In unity. And they came together in prayer and unity. They sought the Lord together. And on that day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came. He came like a mighty rushing wind. Just think of it. The wind of the Holy Spirit blew in that place. And then it says, flames of fire came and sat upon each of them. Now, I don't know if it was simultaneous or if the fire went here and then here and then here. But there was a visible manifestation of God in that place. I've heard testimonies of that in modern times that they've actually seen the glory of God come and rest on people like that. But on that day of Pentecost, that must have been a wonderful thing. The fire of God just touching those believers. And the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they were so filled up, they began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. And this is a gift that's unique to the New Testament. This was something new. It was a new thing. Because you see, all these gifts of the Spirit that I mentioned, just want to review that in my mind and make sure I'm telling you the truth here. 
All those gifts of the Spirit, yes. All the gifts of the Spirit that I mentioned to you, there's nine of them. All of them, except tongues and interpretation of tongues, they were all in the Old Testament too. The Holy Spirit came upon prophets and different people, and those things happened. But this gift was unique to the New Testament dispensation, and it opened a new fountain of the presence of God to God's work. It was what God used to explode his work in the New Testament, the early New Testament church. And it's what he's using today in the same way. Amen? Don't despise the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let's seek the Lord. And wherever we're at, just ask him for more. Praise God. And don't, you know, it's not some uh, spiritual one-upmanship thing. You know, I got this, and you, you know, you don't have it. No, 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 no. It's just we all want more of God. Amen? Wherever we're at, we want the gifts of the Spirit. Praise God. All right. Now, speaking in unknown languages is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We know that it was given for a miraculous sign. We read about that in Acts 2, 5 through 13. It's also given for a message in the assembly. How many have ever heard a message in tongues in in a church service? Okay. Raise your hand if you've ever heard a message in tongues in church. Okay. How many have ever given a message in tongues in a church service? All right. Praise God. That's a wonderful thing. It's a supernatural utterance. It's God saying, Oop, I got something to say. (laughs) And then he wants an interpretation of that. Okay. So a miraculous sign is for unbelievers. If we read, we won't take time to read it today, but in, in the second chapter of Acts, that speaking that they did was used of God to get the attention of non-believers. They had uh, a manifestation that was supernatural because they heard them speaking in their own languages and they knew that they didn't know those languages. So that was a supernatural sign. So that's one way. The second way is tongues and interpretation of tongues in the assembly. That's for the assembly. Also, many people have testified that God... um, moves through them in tongues and interpretation in their own life to give them guidance. Oral Roberts said he built Oral Roberts University that way by walking around the campus and speaking in tongues and then interpreting what God was saying through that. So it can be really helpful that way. And then there is speaking in unknown tongues as a devotional prayer language to enable us to pray out of our spirit. So this is when we're alone or maybe with a group of people, but we're just praying in the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit bubbling up out of us, giving us utterance, and with that comes refreshing, revelation, power, strength, and everything the Holy Spirit has. You know, one time uh, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, and I was a Christian. In fact, I was a pastor. But I was getting ready to go on vacation with my family. And by the time that we got everybody ready and got in the van, I was fit to be tied. Now, I don't know. I know none of you have ever been this way. So I'm just telling on myself because, you know, I'm not as perfect as you guys are. 
But, uh, we're, you know, I was, I was one uptight dude, you know. So we get in the, in the van, we're driving towards Duluth to go have a fun vacation, and here's Dad, mm, boy, he's grumpy. You know? <laughs> and they're trying to talk to me, I said, just leave me alone, you know. And I just started praying in the Spirit. I guess I just prayed in the Spirit about an hour, driving down the road, praying in the Holy Ghost. Pretty soon, Dad's happy again. Hallelujah. That grumpy spirit got off me because the Holy Spirit, see, was just doing his thing. Just praying in the Spirit. He's speaking mysteries. He's bringing truth to me. You know, he's, he's revealing spiritual truth. You know, the flesh can mess you up. But when you pray in the Spirit, it's like your, your spirit ascends. You know, you come up higher and it'll help you. And praying in the Spirit is such a, a gift and um, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians. Uh, chapter 14. And could someone read verse 2 for us? But if your gift is that of, of being able to speak in tongues... That is to speak in languages you haven't learned. You will be talking to God, but not to others, since they won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking to the power of the Spirit, but it will it will all be a secret. Okay, now, let me just say this here, because uh, obviously that scripture is true, because it's the Word of God, okay? But if you think about what happened in Acts chapter 2, they did understand. So this is not talking about tongues as a sign. This is talking about devotional tongues. The purpose is not so somebody can understand you. If I came here and had this seminar and spoke in tongues all day, it wouldn't edify you. You know, you might like it for a little while, but you know, you need to have some understanding, right? Because tongues is not, you know, it's not coming out with the understanding language. He's talking about it here. Our prayer language, our praying in the Spirit. And what does he say? He says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands him. Howbeit in the Spirit he speaks what? Mysteries. What's a mystery? It's something that's unknown. See? It's like at the moment that I was in that van driving to Duluth, uh, there were some unknown mysteries. Now, I knew them before. I knew about the peace of God, but it wasn't being revealed to me at that moment. But see, when I'm praying in the Spirit, the mysteries of God, the hidden things are being revealed, and it's, it's helping me because the Holy Spirit's able to intersect with my life at that point through praying in the Spirit. All right? Now, let's look at verse uh, 4. Someone read that for us. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself but he who prophesies edifies the church. Okay, so he that speaks in an unknown tongue does what? Edifies. Edifies himself. You know, one time someone told me that tongues weren't good because they, they, uh, you edify yourself. He said, you shouldn't edify yourself. No, 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 no. God wants you to edify yourself because if you edify yourself, then you can edify others. You know, that's not being selfish to edify yourself. Do you think God wants you to be beat down and defeated? That's not the, that's not the Bible that I read. 
He wants us to be victorious, overcoming Christians. He wants us to be edified or built up. The Bible said that if I speak in an unknown tongue, I build myself up. Amen. So somebody calls me and says, man, I had a rough day. I am so discouraged. I got this problem with my wife and the kids are doing this and my finances. and uh, 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 uh. Well, I got to have something to say to them. But what if I'm... Uh, 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 uh. Okay? I need to be edified. How am I going to be edified? Well, I get in the Word and I pray in the Spirit. Amen? I build myself up. As it said in Jude 20, I build myself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you to pray in the Holy Spirit. And if you're a believer, you can. You can have this gift. You know, it's not, God's not withholding this from you. Amen. It's for all of us. Praise God. But not all people have it, correct? Uh, Not all people have it. Not all people have it. But I believe all people can have it. But not all do. Not all do. Okay, now let me, and I don't know if I have this in my notes here. I wasn't didn't have time to review these to say, okay, but let's just look, <clears throat> and if we have it in here, we'll skip it at that time, but um, let's look at a verse, because this has confused a lot of people. First of all, let's look at 1439. Somebody read that one for us. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, forbid not to speak with tongues. So don't be forbidden, people, to speak in tongues. Amen. All right, now, let's go back to 12. And let's read uh, verses 28 through 30. Someone read that for us. Now remember I said sometimes he's talking about one type of tongues and sometimes he's talking about another, right? Because we gave three different ways. As a sign, as a message, and devotional tongues in your prayer life. All right, let's read 28 through 30 now. How is it then, brethren, whether you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Okay, I... I think we're... I don't know if I gave you the wrong verses. Is it 1 Corinthians? Is that what you said? I'm looking for uh, 12, 27... Oh, 1 Corinthians? Or, no, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 28 through 30. Oh, I was in the wrong one, sorry. Okay. Well, I got it. Go for it. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? Okay, so here we have a scripture that says, does everybody speak in tongues? So people look at that and say, see, not everybody has that gift. Okay, so then the message is, you know, you don't need to be concerned about speaking in other tongues. It's no big deal because not everybody has it, right? But look at the context. What's he talking about? It says in verse 28, And God has set some where? 
in the church. The context is in the church and it's with regard to gifts that are being used in the church. Okay? So I said, how many of you have ever given a message of tongues in the church? We've got two people, right? Okay. How many of you have ever spoken in other languages? Okay. So, you see... We've got only two people that have ever given a message, so do, that's what he's talking about here. But yet, the gift of speaking in other languages in your devotional life is available for all of us. All believers, right? Amen. If you're a believer, repent and be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Right, and God wants to open that up to you and bring that blessing in your life. <clears throat> and Paul says, let's look at it in... Uh, 1 Corinthians 14. And I want you to notice now in verse 5. Just read the first part there. We'll read the second two. We're not going to leave it out of context, but I want you just to see what he said. The first few words there. Verse 5. I wish you all had the gift of speaking in tongues. What did he say? All had the gift. I wish you all had the gifts of speaking in tongues. Okay? Now, there's, part, there's more to the sentence, and I want to get to that, but it is a statement that he made. I want you all to have the gifts of speaking other tongues. Why? Because it's going to edify you, right? It's going to bless your life, and it'll help you to move into the other gifts of the Spirit. What we have seen, and most people have experienced, that speaking in other tongues is a gateway to other gifts. Just as tongues and interpretation, you know, tongues is the gateway to the interpretation. Well, also tongues is a gateway into prophecy and word of knowledge and word of wisdom and discerning of spirit. It opens up the world of the spirit. It enables us to commune with the Holy Spirit so we can function with the Holy Spirit and move in other gifts of the spirit. So he says, I would that you spoke in other tongues. And then he says, but I'd rather that you prophesy. I want, you know, what he's doing here in 1 Corinthians, he's, he's talking to a church that had the tongues thing down. They knew how to speak in tongues, okay? But the problem was they'd come to church and that's all they do. They enjoyed it so much that they just come and speak in tongues. And he's correcting them and bringing a proper balance into the church to saying, yes, speak in tongues, but I want you to prophesy. I want you to preach. I want you to do the other things too because otherwise people won't be edified because even if they're filled with the Spirit, they can't understand what you're saying. See, So we need tongues, but we need to move on into the other gifts and to edify the church. Okay? So does that make sense? Does that make sense? How many think it makes sense? Okay. When I go to India, <laughs> it reminded me of a story. When I go to India, I'm teaching them, you know, and, and uh, I was in one place and I said, now do you all understand what I said? And they all start going. <laughs> I said, okay, we'll go over it again. <laughs> but I found out when they go like this, it means yes. <laughs> so there's a little cultural, little cultural difference there. But. Okay, so, okay, yeah, this is, um, I did go on and talk about what I just talked about in the notes here. Uh, do all speak in tongues, 1 Corinthians 12, 30. Uh, yeah, all the scriptures I just mentioned, they're here. So, so I, guess, I guess we know what we're doing. It's hard to tell, but... So anyway, I shared a testimony about me and, and how 
tongues have blessed me. There's a man named uh, D- Dave Roberson. Some of you, how many ever heard of Dave Roberson? And uh, God blessed him with a, a ministry. He's still ministering, and he's in Tulsa. And, uh, but he felt a call to the ministry. And he never had been to Bible school. He, he really wasn't trained. He just had a heart for God. And he didn't know what else to do, so he felt the Lord wanted him to quit his job. And I don't recommend this, go quit your job or whatever, but that's what he, the way he was led. So he quit his job, and uh, I guess he had some kind of office, so instead of going to the lumber mill and working for eight hours, he went to his office and prayed. He just committed himself to spend that eight hours in prayer. So he went there and he started praying everything he could think of, and within half an hour, an hour, he ran out of things to pray for. (laughs) But he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, so he started praying in other languages this devotional prayer language we're talking about. And God began to take him into the realms of the Spirit, and finally, someone invited him to preach. And he didn't know how to preach, so he gave a testimony of another minister, how he had been healed. And then at the end, after he had given this other man's testimony, he began to pray, and then God showed him uh, like an x-ray picture into this lady's hip and he saw all this arthritis. He said, I see you have arthritis and God wants to heal you. And he prayed for her and she was healed. And that's how his ministry began. So praying in tongues launched his ministry and actually it's been the sort of the main thrust of his ministry through his whole, his whole ministry has been based on that. There's a woman named Jackie Pullinger. I, I don't really know a lot about her. I just recently heard about her, but I think she was ministering in Hong Kong, somewhere in Asia. I believe it's Hong Kong. And uh, she started reaching out to drug addicts that are on, you know, on um, heroin and things like that. And she would go and out on the streets and minister to them and share salvation with them and lead them in a prayer of salvation. And then she would get them baptized in the Holy Spirit and train them to speak in tongues. Speak in tongues every day, every day, every day, speak in tongues. And through that, all these drug addicts were getting the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives and getting delivered from drugs. Hallelujah. So this is something that God can really use to change a person's life. Amen. It's not the whole story. You know, we need to keep it in balance. The most important thing is salvation. Amen. And we never want to put someone down, you know, because they don't have some spiritual gift. You know, it's just that it's available. And here's something more for you. You know, that's how how Paul uh, ministered. Uh when he came to uh, Ephesus. We'll get to that in a minute. I'm going to hold off on that thought because it's, I think it's in our notes here. <coughs> As we will see in three places in the book of Acts when believers receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the scriptures specifically declare that they spoke an unknown tongue. So we're going to see three different places in the scriptures where they actually spoke in other tongues. Okay? And there's one other place that says the Holy Spirit came upon them but doesn't specifically say that they spoke in other tongues. However, in that place, something happened dramatic that was seeable with the eyes or noticeable with the, with the senses. 
We also know that Paul received the gift of the Holy Spirit and later said, I speak in tongues more than you all. So that was to the church at Corinth, which he was correcting for excesses, you know, that they were speaking in tongues and not doing other things. But he says, you know what? I speak in tongues more than you guys, than all of you. (laughs) But when I'm in the church, I'm edifying with, with the other gifts. Another reason for the controversy is that some people don't believe that the Holy Spirit is doing the same things that he did in the early church. You may hear that. You may hear someone say, well, that was for the early church. Okay? But Hebrews said that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's nothing in the Bible that ever said that God was going to take these gifts away. They're given until Jesus comes back. Praise God. Let's just believe the Bible and don't fight about it. If somebody wants to fight, just tell them, well, I know what God's done. God bless you. Don't get into an argument about the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's, you grieve the Holy Spirit that way. He doesn't want to be argued about. He just wants to be enjoyed. Amen. Praise God. All right. The biblical pattern in the book of Acts. So we read Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the initial outpouring in the book of Acts. They had already received the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them. So obviously this was something more. Okay? Then let's go to Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 17. Acts, 5, Acts 8, 5 through 17. Someone read that for us. Um, yeah, just go ahead and read the whole thing. 5 through 17. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is the divine power known as the great power. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Okay. So it was so dramatic that Simon wanted the power. He he wanted that power, so he was going to pay money for it. But the main thought I want you to get there is that here's some people that got saved in a crusade with Philip the Evangelist. They were... They were. Uh, they had a conversion. They were baptized in water. How many believe they were saved? They were going to heaven, right? They had the salvation experience, but yet the apostles said, "All right, now we want them to receive the power of the Holy Spirit." Amen. 
So Peter and John went down there and uh, prayed for them. And that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And when they laid their hands on them, which was the method to impart the gift of the Holy Spirit, and prayed for them, they received the Holy Spirit. I was thinking ahead there. They laid their hands and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. So this is the one where it doesn't really say what they did. However, it was so dramatic that Simon was willing to pay money for it to happen. So it wasn't just some quiet influence of the Holy Spirit. All right, so we're running out of time, so I'm just going to mention the rest of them, and you guys are going to have to study this further and have another seminar sometime or something and teach, teach this out for, for me because we're just not able to finish, and I don't want to keep you way beyond what we said we were going to. Uh, it, it's, I know it's been a, a long day for you and stuff, and you've been faithful. So, But let's just mention some of the rest of it here. Uh, in Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 48, we see that the Gentiles simultaneously received salvation and the gift of the Holy Spirit because while Peter was preaching, they began to speak in other tongues. Amen. And then they baptized them. So it's not always in the same order. Okay, And then in Ephesians, in Acts chapter 19, we see that Paul went to the Ephesians and said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we haven't even heard that there was a Holy Ghost. So, you see, they hadn't had any teaching on the Holy Spirit. They hadn't been to the Believer's School of Ministry. So no one had taught them about the Holy Spirit. But they said, we haven't heard anything about it. He says, well, then what were you baptized with? And they realized that they were baptized uh, not in identification with Christ, but in John's baptism. So he baptized them, got that straightened out, and then laid hands on them, and then they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. Okay? The gift of the Holy Spirit will open many blessings in your life, magnifying God. You can look at the scriptures there. An unveiling of truth. Boldness to be a witness. That's one of the big things, because that's what we're after, right? Grant unto thy servants boldness. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then supernatural gifts to help others and a greater awareness of the presence of God. I thank God for that, that I sense His presence in my life. It's such an aid to, to the Christian life to have that sense of His presence. All right? How you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? Surely it must be really hard, right? <laughs> no, it's not hard. Amen? It's a gift. You don't earn it. You can make it hard. But it's a gift. Number one, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Just be saved. Then you're, you're uh, acceptable to receive. See, the Holy Spirit's not going to come on an unclean vessel. But when you receive Jesus, you're cleansed by the blood. And you're fit to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then number three, just yield yourself to the Holy Spirit and His gift. Begin to pray in other tongues. As the Spirit gives you utterance, just lift your hands and say, Oh, Bashikalemaso, Bandikiti Amasa, Brandikatea Bosoko, Endore Bashikariando, Sendele Masikileste, Bandikataya Shelese Kemandrokosa. And out of your belly, say, flows rivers of living water. Endore Masikahaya, Dekalesoko Boshakalisa, Brandikale. 
Ayama Serian Rostokolo, Mariande Listande, Koshakara Sakale, Arendokosokolo Masi. And see, out of your spirit, you're speaking mysteries. It's not English. It's not your native language. It's a language you don't know, but you're yielding yourself to the Spirit. Hallelujah. And it's wonderful. It's refreshing. Praise God. Hallelujah. Remember that the Holy Spirit is a person. If you're a child of God, He already lives in you. He wants to give you gifts. Do you want the Holy Spirit... This is a question. Do you want the Holy Spirit to have a greater role in your life, a greater role in your life and ministry? How many want the Holy Spirit to have a greater role in your life and ministry? Amen. That's really what that's really what this is about. Just move me further with you, Lord. Bring me closer to you. Ask the Father, and He will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Whether you speak in unknown tongues or manifest other gifts immediately or not. Just believe God's promise and receive all He has for you. Yield yourself to God in prayer and the Holy Spirit gives the inspiration. You do the speaking. I was over here in Ada years ago and we had a meeting and we taught on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there was two people that came up and they wanted to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they wanted to speak in other tongues. So I prayed for the lady and immediately she started having a good time speaking another language and she was just so blessed and then there was this guy there <laughs> laying hands on him and it was like I was going to rub the hair off his head we were praying for so long and he's a Christian he's a, a, a strong believer in Christ then he looked at me and says I can't speak in tongues I said that's your problem you're saying you can't when the Bible says you can you receive the Holy Spirit by faith. You believe the promise. Yes, I receive the Holy Spirit. I can speak in tongues. I can move in the gifts of the Spirit. I can prophesy. You know, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I really didn't speak in tongues that much. Just a little bit, just a few syllables. But I started prophesying. Prophecy started coming. God spoke to me. All these things, I can still remember the things he spoke. So it's not always the same with everybody. You know, don't put the Holy Spirit in a box. But I'll tell you what, you can speak in tongues. And you can enjoy the Holy Spirit every day of your life. Amen. And, and, and when I said that to him, he says, oh, I see it, I see it. Because he really knew about faith as far as for receiving healing and stuff. And he saw that he was contradicting the Lord's word by saying, I can't. And in a day or two, he received the gift of the Holy Spirit driving to work in his car. So that's why I say to people, relax. Sometimes we get in a meeting and we pray for people and we shake them and, you know, you got to get, you got to get, you know, just relax. You'll, you'll receive, take it by faith, you know, might be here, might be at home. Get all you can here. Get all you can at home. Get all you can every day. Enjoy the Holy Ghost. Can I have an amen? And he'll bless you. He'll help you. He'll make you a strong witness. So we have a prayer here to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Why don't we just pray this? Just say, Dear Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I believe he died for me and rose again. Jesus is my Lord and I yield my life to him. Father, you said, 
If I would ask, you would give me the Holy Spirit, and he would empower me to be a witness. I ask you, Father, to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me to be a witness. I will receive all that you have for me. I believe I will speak in other languages. And move in the gifts of the Spirit. According to your will. In Jesus' name. Now I yield myself to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Well, let's just worship the Lord in the Spirit. If you pray in tongues before, go ahead and do it some more. If you never have, just step out. Just worship God. You don't speak in in your known language. You just let it come up out of your spirit. He does the inspiring. You do the speaking. You have to step out and just begin to speak. Just let it flow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hosindeba Soconda Lemande Brondisa Lendoro Cariandrestica Socomasha Indro Soloma Cariati Alamaca Salamahaya Undrandi Diadabaco Roba Siki Alamasaya Indobra Cariandro Cosadayande Dabacayate. And the Lord says, If you will draw near to me, I will give you every gift. Every gift you need for every situation. You can rely on me, says the Lord, for you are fully equipped. I have given you what you need, the weaponry, the abilities. It's me. I'm your source. And if you will draw near to me, you will not be without help. For I am your help, says the Lord, and I will provide for you. Draw near to me, I'll draw near to you, and we will go forth and do exploits, says the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Father. Thank you so much, Lord. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for the anointing. Hallelujah. Kariyama siki alema soro makarendi alamakaya. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I don't know, I just feel like there may be some other prophecy or interpretation or something else here. If you have something, just feel free. Praise God. We welcome the Holy Spirit and His ministry at this moment right here. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Indiala Masia Rando, Broco Sicatea, Sikiara Masaya. Thank you, Lord.
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even the brokenness that you have experienced, it'll be healed. For have I not said, I heal the brokenhearted? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to heal the brokenhearted. I'm here to heal you, my children. And I'm here to bring healing through you. Let my spirit flow and bring healing. That's my work. That's what I do. I heal. And I set the captives free. Hallelujah. Enjoy my presence. Every day, enjoy me. I will bless your life. And I will bless others through you, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Drink, 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 drink. This wine, you can drink all you want. Drink, drink, drink. Enjoy my presence, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.